Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. Take your seat. Disturb the peace. Disturb the peace. I've been married now for 15 years. And uh, I make people clap for that because we live in a generation that can't stay together for 15 days. I've been married for 15 years. December 1st will make 16 years married. And uh, when I first got married, I had my own apartment. I was living in my own little spot, doing my thing. And uh, weeks before the wedding, my wife was getting ready to move her stuff into the apartment. And when she got to the apartment and she walked around, she said something to me that I'll never forget. She looked around and said, hey, you see the way this house looks? I said, yeah. She said, I just want you to know we won't be living like this after we get married. I said, what you mean? She said, I'm just telling you right now. We won't be living like this after we get married. And uh, this is 15 years ago. I can't talk about today. 15, 16 years ago, my wife took me to a store I never heard of. And uh, when we pulled up, it was a blue sign. Had yellow writing on it. And I said, what is Ikea? This is crazy. Ikea. Ikea? What's Ikea? Never heard of it before. Never seen it. She said, oh, this is not Ikea. This is Ikea. And so we went into Ikea, and 6.5 hours later, we came out with bags of stuff ready to take to my apartment. You got to understand that I was confused because I liked the way I was living because I was a man, and I was living like a man should live. I didn't eat out of no bowls. I ate out the pot, straight out the pot. If I cooked something, I ate it out of the pot because I'm a man. And as a man, need no bowl. I didn't have, I didn't have, I didn't have what it, uh, uh, the curtains on the windows. I had bed sheets, clean, smooth, white bed sheets. Just open it up. There you go. Looks good out there. Need no curtains because I'm a man. No bunk. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't have a bed. I had an air mattress. Because I could move the air mattress where I want to change my room every week. I just put it in different places. It was beautiful. I could just move the room around however I wanted to move it. Okay? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't, we, we, in my department that I had, I mean, I didn't have a TV stand. I had a crate with a sheet over the crate that was nice. But when my wife moved in, Everything changed. My wife introduced me to things I had never seen before, never heard before. She introduced me to something called pillow shams. These are pillows you don't actually lay your head on. They just sham up the bed. They just sit there and just look good. You, you throw them off when you want to sleep. Throw them back on when you leave. Make no sense. But she said, this is the way we're going to live. My wife introduced me to something to, to decorative towels. They're in the bathroom. And they're hanging there. But you can't use them. You just look at them. And just say, wow, this is nice. Just, you just want to walk in. It's like an accent. The room. Wow, this is great. My wife introduced me to cup saucers. These are, these are not plates you eat on. These are plates that just catch the overflow of whatever it is that you're drinking so that you don't mess up, put a ring in the table. My wife did something strange. She, she started boiling cinnamon sticks. 
If I got an old school wife in here who just understand what, and I, I was like, well, what are we cooking? Are you cooking some pie? Are you cooking some, oh man, no, no. What is this for? It smells great. That's what it's for. It's just to change the scent in this musty house. And I'm like, so you just let it burn. Yup, let it burn. Let it burn. Gotta let it burn. And I'm sitting there saying, what in the world is happening? But what happened is when my wife moved in, she disturbed the peace. When my wife moved in, she said, I'm not going to accept that this is the way we're going to live. That I'm not just going to sit around here and let it be stinking and let it be dirty and let it be trashy. No, when I come up in here, I came to disturb and disrupt whatever peace you thought you had. I came to mess it up. I came to tear it up. I came to get it right. I came to put it where it needs to be. It sounds like I'm talking about my wife, but I'm really talking about you. The life of the modern-day believer is for you to disturb the peace. As a modern-day believer, you are supposed to get to a place in your life where you recognize every room and atmosphere you are in. You are in there to disrupt. You are in there to disturb. You are in there to shake some things up. You are not here to be comfortable. You are here to be uncomfortable and to make people uncomfortable. It should make, you know what, you, you, you should be a little annoyed every day. People in your family being broke should annoy you. People in your family being sick for their entire lives should mess with you. Family members going getting locked up every week, that shouldn't make you come, that should, that should mess with you. Seeing lives destroyed and people jacked up and people torn, that should disturb something, annoy something on the inside of you. I'm leery of a Christian that can live and walk around this world and just have your head in the sky and just say, man, it's all good down here. No, every morning something, I got to pray myself through because I know when I get to that job, I'm going to see things that disrupt something in me. And I came to disturb the peace. You're not here to be comfortable. You, you should be uncomfortable to see people hurting in despair. It should make you uncomfortable to see people's lives toe up and jacked up. Pastor, can you prove that with some scripture? Don't just give me your opinion. Can you give me some word? Don't worry, I got you. I got Matthew 5, verse 13, 14. It says, Matthew 5, verse 13, 14. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Now, hear me. When you see salt, you so, we so African American. When you see salt, you think preserve. That salt means that I'm here to preserve something. That is not what salt means in the text. In Jewish culture, they didn't use salt to preserve. They used salt to ignite. If you had a fire and that fire was a certain, 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 at a certain level, you would throw some salt on it. And when you threw the salt on it, the fire would ignite to a whole nother level. What Jesus is saying is you're not here to preserve the earth. You are here to ignite the earth. You are here to mess something up. You are here to disrupt the peace on the earth. Push your neighbor and say, he's talking to you, not me. You should really sit up right here. Your, your prayer life should disrupt the peace. If you got this weak, little, born, our Father that are in heaven, hallowed be, no, 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 no. Your prayer life should be so potent and so powerful and so strong that it disturbs the peace. Your, your business should disturb the peace. You, you, we're not here for you to have this little cute, nice little business and everything just works out great. No, 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 no. God puts you and he Planted that business where he planted to disturb the peace of the businesses around you. Thanksgiving, you should be disturbing the peace. There should be something on your life that is so strong. Your, your worship 
should disturb the peace. If you came in here in this room and you sit next to a worshiper, I know how you feel. You came to mind your business. You came just to have a nice church service, but you sit next to somebody who's an igniter. You sit next to somebody who just feel like they got to just go all in. You just sit next to somebody who say, if I just hear him say one word, he can say the right word. Let him say the right word. I will tear this club all the way up. Is it all right? Where the igniters in the room who's just waiting for you? Can you just disturb the peace and just open up your mouth and just say, God, I just want to praise you for no reason because I'm here to agitate something in the spirit realm. I didn't go to Charlotte to plant no cute church. I didn't go to Charlotte so we could have a nice service and it could be nice and everything go well. No, I came to disrupt an atmosphere. I came to take over a region. I came to add what God put in me into an atmosphere in a city. I came to disturb the peace. And I see too many Christians who sitting back trying to fit in, trying to be cute. And I'm telling you, you got to disturb, ignite, set some on fire. Jesus says in Acts, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to give you power. Everybody say power. power. That word power in Greek means dunamis. That word dunamis, transliterated in our language, is dynamite. What you need dynamite for? You don't need dynamite just to have a just, all you want is just this. Oh, I felt the Spirit. Oh, just... Ooh, so you got all this dynamite for her. Ooh, and an ah, and an e, and an uh. No, you got dynamite so that when your child gets sick, you can lay hands on your child and speak healing. And all of a sudden, healing hits their body. Oh, God, I feel like preaching in here. God gave you dynamite. So if you're in high school, you can go into your high school and start to pray in your high school. And God sends a revival to your high school. You didn't just get dynamite to be broke. No, you got dynamite so you can get an idea that will change and transform somebody's life. Is there anybody in the room that says I got the dunamis power and I got the power to disturb the peace? Somebody saying, Pastor, that don't sound like my Jesus. My Jesus is so sweet. My Jesus is so cuddly and warm. And we just, he, we wrap me in your arms. Wrap me in your arms. Father, wrap me in your arms. Uh, well, let me tell you about your Jesus. Let me tell you what your Jesus said in the scriptures. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. If y'all got that, you put that on the screen somewhere. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. If they don't got it, I'm going to give it to you right here. Jesus says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Your Jesus is a savage. Your Jesus says when you pray, pray my kingdom come, my will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Which means when you see suicide, you're supposed to say, nope, that is not in heaven. So I declare it's not going to be in earth. When you see poverty, you should say, nope, not in heaven. So it shall not be in earth. If you start getting asthma, you should say, wait a minute. Nope, there's no asthma in heaven. So there's no asthma in me. When you see violence in your neighborhood, you should say there's no violence in heaven. So there's no violence in me. You are not here just to accept things as they are. You're here to tear something up. You're here to flip a table. You're here to knock down a door. You're here to move a mountain. You're here to break a chain. You're here to open up your mouth and declare something. The problem is we just got too many passive Christians. Too many Christians who just, see, you want to be known by men. See, you like Walking into a club, bottle full of bug, I, I got what you need. You know what I'm saying? You, see, see, you want to walk into a club and everybody know you. You, you like walking into a club and they say, oh, there goes so-and-so. And like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, so-and-so. See, I don't need you known in the club. I need you known in the spirit. Because when you get known in the spirit, you can walk into a hospital 
And cancer say, oh God, here come a real one. A real one just walked up in here. Yeah, yeah. I need you to walk in your family's house and I need that stress and anxiety, that spirit of fear, that when you walk in, it's fear. Be like, oh, here he go up in here now. I want the spirit realm to know who I, you're trying to get known at the club. I'm trying to get known in the spirit realm because I'm trying to shake something up. Yeah, the club knows your name, but the demons know mine. They know that when we pray, when we worship, when we open up our mouths and we give the word of God, something moves. Some of the reason why people don't like you because you're an agitator. You make spirits within people uncomfortable. That's why you better not sleep, Pastor Frieda. You better not sleep, Pastor Tyrus. You better not sleep on these elders. They, they may not be, they may not have a blue check, but they got a spirit check. And if you ever find yourself in a situation, you better pull one of these people that's known in the spirit. Because when they talk, the spirit realms listens to them. You better get somebody who's known by the right people. Yeah, I want depression to know who you are. I want generational curses in your family to know who you are. I want divorce to see you come around and say, oh, God, here you go messing up my plan. Here you go jacking things up. Here you come with your Holy Ghost self. Here you come with that anointing. People can laugh at you all they want until they need you. Are y'all getting somebody this? Y'all getting somebody? Pastor, you read a text early. The text that I read earlier was about a man who was disturbing the peace. Now the Bible says Jesus gets off a boat, and when Jesus gets off a boat, the Bible says that this man is out of his mind. He is cutting himself. They have him living in the tombs. They have him chained up. They are literally, it says that he screeches and cries out day and night. When Jesus lands, all of a sudden, that thing, that man, whatever was in him, drove him to Jesus. And the Bible says that the man bowed down. Now, here's what's crazy to me. What's crazy to me is that everybody be scared of the devil. But if you read the Bible, here's a great opportunity for Jesus and the devil go one-on-one. This is a great opportunity to see a tussle and see it. That's not what you see. What you see is the devil bow down because, to be honest with you, when the devil sees Jesus, he bows down. When the earth sees Jesus, he bows down. When the angels see Jesus, he bows down. Only people who have a struggle with bowing down before Jesus is us. But that's a whole other thing. It's just people. But, but, but in the spirit, they knew who he was. In the spirit, they still know who he is. So here he is. This man's going crazy. The man comes down. He says, what's your name? He says, we are legion. And then they said, please don't torment us. And the Bible says that Jesus cast these demons. Some people say thousands. Some people say millions. It was a lot. He cast them out the man. And then the Bible says that the man went and got dressed. That the man went and sat down. He was sitting down quiet. And it says they were afraid. Now that blew my mind. Because when he was screaming, nobody was afraid. When he was in chains, nobody was afraid. When he was cutting himself and bleeding, nobody was afraid. When he was in the tombs, just calling out stuff, nobody was afraid. But all of a sudden now, it says he clothed himself, which means he was buck naked. Was nobody afraid, a naked man, just naked man, just running around the tombs, screaming and bleeding, and nobody was afraid. But all of a sudden, now that I got myself together. Now that I got my life right. Now that I put on some clothes. Now that I got off IG, now everybody's afraid. What's happening? He's disturbing the peace. Because there is a version of you that the enemy is afraid of. There is a version of you that the enemy does not want you to meet. Because the enemy knows that if you ever meet the whole you. See, some of you don't even know yourself because you've only seen the broken you. You've only seen hurt you. You've only seen abused you. You've only seen confused you. You have never seen the whole you. But if the enemy knows that if you ever get whole, if you ever get yourself together, 
if you ever get in your right mind, that he cannot stop you and you will disrupt his plans in the earth. So if I keep you brokenhearted and keep you damaged and keep you messed up and keep you abused and keep you keep, if I can just keep you under some oppression, then you'll never step in to the person that God's called for you to be. So here's what I wrote down. I wrote down, I wrote down three ways I want you to disturb the peace. Three ways I want you to disturb the peace. Take your notes, write this down. Number one, have a loud life, not just a loud shout. If you're going to disturb the peace, have a loud life, not just a loud shout. It's crazy because when the man was screaming, they weren't afraid. It was when he got quiet that they were afraid. When he was yelling and screeching, they said, oh, that's just crazy man in the tombs making that noise he always makes. But when his life got together, he wasn't shouting anymore, but his life got in order. Now I'm afraid because I was used to you when you was just screaming and shouting. But now that you know who you are, now that you got some authority, now that you know who you are in Christ, now I'm afraid. I grew up in a church. I, 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 I like a shouting church. I'm not going to pick on shouting. I love a good shout. I hope we shout before we leave here today. I got at least one more shout in me. I promise, PT. It's in there. I love a good shout. But here's my problem. My problem is when you have a big shout but a small life. My problem is when you dance in here but are depressed out there. My, my, my problem is that sometimes our shout is not from victory. Sometimes our shout is to mask the pain that we're truly going through, and I fake it till I make it. And some of us have faked it for so long that you are no longer even know who you truly are. And I'm just telling you, you got to get to a space where, where you just don't depend on your shout, but you depend on having a big life. What is the point of having a loud shout and a loud voice, and you can scream in here, but your life don't scream nothing? Your marriage don't scream nothing. Your money don't scream nothing. You, you, you can't just have a big shout. I'm trying to get you to live a big life. Don't settle in any area of your life. Settling is over today. You will not have an average marriage. Stop. Your marriage is going to thrive. Your marriage is going to be blessed. Your money's not going to be funny forever. You got to start to declare, I am wealthy. I will be wealthy. No, you got to declare, I'm going to live a big life. I promise you, I promise you. They kept telling me, nobody's going to church, man. Don't nobody go to church. I heard all the statistics. This statistic, and they told me this research, and they told me those numbers, and they told me that number. But I'm telling you, God put something big on the inside of me, and I just believe that if we went for it, God was going to blow our minds, that God was going to do something. But hear me, it didn't start in Charlotte. It started here. I had it big in here. And they're manifested now. And the problem is you don't see your trees because you keep ignoring your seed. You haven't gotten the tree season because you are looking down on seed season. Your marriage may not be what you want it to be yet, but it's just to see that if you keep on watering that thing, you keep on putting that thing in the ground, God's going to bless it and multiply it. I am telling you, don't settle. And it, Pastor, but what's wrong with a good shout? What is... What's wrong with just me just cutting up? There's nothing wrong with it. Here's the problem, though. The enemy knows the difference between those who shout with authority and those who shout without it. There's a difference. There is a difference between praise that comes with authority and praise that don't. Praise that don't is based on emotion. Praise that has authority is based on revelation. Which means people who praise and shout out of emotion, things got to be going well. But when you really get some authority, you will learn how to praise 
and shout on your worst day. Oh, we're going, we're going, we're going. I'm going to step on some toes. I don't, when you become real about this thing and you start living a big life, you, you're, you start to understand the significance of what God's calling to do. Okay, it's, it reminds me of, a, of the story of the, the old preacher and the young preacher. And uh, the young preacher, he gets up and he reads the 23rd Psalm. And when he gets up, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm-mm. That I, I said, I, I said, I, 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 I shall not want. He making me to lie down. He said, he making me to lie down. He said, he making, making me to lie down. And everybody's shouting. And everybody in green pack. And by the time he's done, everybody's shouting. Everybody's screaming. Everybody's clapping. And he's like, yeah, man. Immediately after him, the old preacher gets up. Old preacher can barely stand. Old preacher can barely read. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Green pastures. He le- all of a sudden, people started crying all over the room. The Holy Spirit started to break out all over the building. And then curses were broken and demons started coming out of people. And the Spirit of God just fell. And I'm telling you, revival just hit the room. And afterwards, the young preacher goes up to the old preacher. He said, oh man, how'd you do that? How did you make that happen? He said, young man, you know the song, but I know the shepherd. And there's some people in this room, you shout because you know the song. But do I got anybody in the room that says I shout because I know the shepherd. I know who God is. Okay, I need somebody with some gray hair just to open up your mouth for one second and say my shout is matched by a life that's big. And when you open up your mouth, you disturb the peace because the enemy know there's a testimony behind that shout. The enemy know there's a fire behind that shout. All right, we okay, let's do testimony service. I know we don't do testimony testimony service no more. We don't give hand out the mic, but can we do a quick testimony service? Is there anybody in the room? Just wave your hand if I'm talking to you. Has God ever put food on your table? Has God ever put clothes on your back? Has God ever made a way out of no way? Is there anybody in the room that you did not, you got a job that you didn't qualify for? You got into school that you know you didn't earn that degree that you got into? Is there anybody in the room God ever had to step up and talk to a judge on your behalf and when you walked into the courtroom everything went into your favor and it shouldn't have went into your favor because God breathed on something. Can I get somebody in this room to open up your mouth and say, I don't just know the song. I know the shepherd. I've got a real testimony. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 through 25. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on a rock. We know what the scripture is saying? Both houses look exactly the same. And nothing can distinguish the quality of the houses except the storm. We, we both shining, we both looking good, we both doing all right, but only the storm is what's going to be the separator. And what happens is a storm hit, and when the storm hit, we found out who was dancing on sand, and we found out who was dancing on rock. And what the enemy wants is for you to have a nice-looking house and to shout and dance on sand. What he does not want is for you to come into your right mind, know who you truly are, and then discover that I'm on a rock. See, when I'm on sand, anything can blow me away. But is there anybody here that says, no, I'm anchored, Pastor. I've been through some storms and some rains. I've seen some challenges in my life, but I'm too anchored to be moved. Second point, if you are going to disturb the peace, you got to go after your God-given purpose, not your man-made one. 
If you are going to disturb the peace, you got to go after your God-given purpose, not your man-made one. Jesus asked the man, what's your name? He says, we are legion. My name's legion because we are many. And what Jesus is trying to distinguish is, hey, that's not you. That is a demonic force trying to abort your purpose, hijack your identity, and give you a purpose that don't belong to you. Because what Jesus is saying is the cutting you is not the real you. Screaming you, not the real you. Jesus said, hey, what's your name? Because the person that you have become is not you. You have taken on a purpose that's not yours. You have taken on an identity that's something demonic. But that's not the true you. How do we know it's not the true you? Because when he came to his right mind, he got dressed. Because the true him don't actually want to be naked. I'm preaching better than y'all understand. The true him don't want to be naked. The true him wants some clothes. But I got a spirit that's making me twerk. I got a spirit that's making me show everything I've got. As a spirit, something else is driving me. Because the real me wants to be married. But the demonic thing in me just wants a one night, here we go, just have some fun. But that ain't the real you. And I know it's not the real you because you need meds. But for all the things, all the one nights you done had that got you on so many prescriptions. The real you wants some real love. It is that demonic you that just wants a touch from anybody. Let me tell you something. I'm going to step on a toe or two. If it requires dark lights, loud music, 10 drinks, and a little bit of weed for you to do it and get loosened up, that's probably demonic. If I need five drinks just to feel comfortable now, now, now I'm feeling great. Something's wrong. If I got to drink myself into, if sober me can't do this, oh, God. If sober me can't enjoy this, if I got to be half high, half tipsy, half long, and then don't record it, like, and put the phone down, if, I, if it takes all of that, then maybe this is not me. Maybe this is a spirit. If you don't claim your true identity, you will look to the stars to find it for you. I, I, I got to see what the stars say. Because it's not, the stars say, I'm just a freak. I got the stars aligned and it said, I just like to. No, that's not the star. See, he, see, you are trying to consult creation about something the creator made. And God said, how are you going to skip the creator, go to creation to ask creation who you are? When Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans that I have for, don't, I don't care what your horoscope, I know the plans I got for you. I don't care you're a Gemini, I know the plans I got for you. And ask you what them cards said. I know the plans that I have for you. And those plans will prosper you. Those plans will give you hope. Those plans will give you a future. Get out of the sky and get into the scriptures and find the purpose God put on your life. Well, the dates say that I should be dating this time. You better leave them dates alone. Because if the enemy gives you a purpose and you miss God's purpose, all the enemy has to do is put the person you're looking for in the Cheesecake Factory, but you're not going to go because you don't go on first dates at Cheesecake. And so the enemy got you at Ruth's Chris with the person that God got for you is sitting at Applebee's waiting for you to show up. But because you don't go on Applebee's, you're going to miss what God's got for you because you're eating steak with the devil. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. 
This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. You need to find your God-given purpose because you cannot disturb the peace without it. You, <laughs> there was a woman, this story of a woman, and uh, she was pregnant with twins, and she fell into a coma. And uh, when she got out of the coma, the doctor was standing there. He said, oh, my God, what happened? He said, you fell into a coma. And she said, what happened to the baby? He said, we had to put you into labor. We had to give birth to the babies. She said, are the babies okay? Is everything okay? And the doctor said, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Your brother's here. And he's been taking care of everything for you. In fact, he even named the babies for you. And she said, no. My brother's an idiot. We don't let him do nothing. Oh, my God. You let him name the babies? And she said, he said, yeah, he named the babies. She said, oh, my God. It was a, it was a boy. It was a girl. And he said, well, what, what, did he, what, did, what did he name the girl? And he said, well, he named the girl Denise. She said, okay, all right. What did he name the boy? And he said, the nephew. I got a question. Who named you? Did rejection name you? Did abuse name you? Did a breakup name you? Did a divorce name you? Did a, a lost loved one name you? Are you walking in an identity that is not yours? That if Jesus says, what is your name? You will answer out of something that is not what God ordained for your life. And I came to declare that if you're going to disturb the peace, you got to stop taking the labels that people have placed on you. You got to put your head back in the book and say, I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. Sickness cannot dwell in me. The number of my days he will fulfill. You got to open up your mouth. Says, greater is he that lives on the inside of me than he that in the world. I'm not claiming what the stars say. I'm not claiming what parents said. I'm not taking no more labels or names from anybody. I am unlabeled, Tyler. I got you right there. I ain't got no, you ain't putting no label on me. God put his stamp on who I am. OMG. 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 Pastor Tyrus, we had a band. Where's Johnny? Where's Johnny? I just, I, I got one more point. Can y'all believe that? It went by that fast. That's just so, that's so crazy. Just, I just got one more point. We're going to, oh, if you're going to disturb the peace, it says, uh, number one, I said, you got to have a loud life, not just a loud shout. Then two, I said, you got to go after your God-given purpose, not your man-made one. And then three, if you're going to disturb the peace, you got to turn your wound into a weapon. Okay. Okay, I feel like preaching. Oh, you brought, okay. Okay, I feel like preaching. Okay, you got to turn your wool. Here's what happened at the end of the story. At the end of the story, the demoniac man is now free. And he actually asked Jesus, can he go with him? Jesus, can I rock with you? You done healed me and delivered me. Can we just, I want to go wherever you go. And Jesus tells the demoniac man, he says, nope, I want you to stay here. Because I need you to be a witness to everyone else in this atmosphere. Because if you know anything about demons, the Bible says that if you get a demon out of you, it says now that you are empty and clear and clean, it says it comes back to find whether it's been occupied yet. And if it hasn't been occupied yet, it calls its demonic friends and then the town territory person end up worse than when they begin. Jesus says, when that thing come back, I wanted to find you sitting in this city declaring you are not allowed to come back into this place. 
if you are going to disturb the peace, you got to take every wound that the enemy has used against you and you got to turn it into a weapon to flip it on top of its head, which means if you have been abused, you got to get to a point where that abuse, that was your wound, but now it's your weapon. And now you use that weapon to rescue other people who went through the same abuse that you went through. If you went through a foreclosure and that wound messed you up, you got to turn that thing into a weapon. And then that weapon is going to be something that you're going to use to make sure nobody else loses their house ever again. If divorce was used against you to create a wound, a wound, you got to turn that thing into a weapon and you got to declare no weapon that's forged against me shall be able to prosper. Every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. Whatever the enemy used against you, you got to take that thing and turn it into a weapon. Some of you have had cancer. That's your weapon. Some of you have been lied on. That's your weapon. Some of you have been fired. That's your weapon. I'm going to show you. I, I'm going to run around this church like a, I'm going to show you one of the most savage scriptures in all the Bible. And after I show you this, I'm sitting down and I'm leaving. Can you go to the book of Samuel? Samuel. It might be first Samuel. I know what Samuel gave you. Chapter 17, verse 57. Y'all know the story of David and Goliath? We talk about David killing Goliath, but there's an after part to that. It says, as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. And David was still holding the Philistine's head. Can you keep that up for one second? That scripture right there, she just made you lose your mind. You should have just punched your neighbor for no reason. You should have just said, John, you're going to wear bigger suits. You should have said, John, that's it. You're going to wear a bigger suit after that. It says, as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him, brought him before Saul, and David was still holding the Philistine's head. Now, the man's dead. David won. It's over. He sliced his head. But it says that when he went back to the people, he went back with Goliath's head still in his hand. Why would David still be holding the head of a giant that he's already killed? Because David was going back to his town and said, remember that, don't you ever forget in your life the day that giant was talking out of his mouth saying he was going to defeat us, saying he was going to kill us, I'm bringing his head back to remind everybody in this town, don't you ever let another giant tell us who we can't be. Don't you ever let another giant get in your face. David held up the head of a giant and said, I'm not getting rid of this thing. I need it to be a sign for the next giant that come. I ain't even got to fight. I just got to say, remember your cousin? I got his head right here. Remember your little brother? Yeah, I got his head right here. What does God want you to do to disturb the peace? All that abuse you went through, God says you got through that thing and you cut its head off. God says take that thing and walk around this church and say anybody been abused? I got his head in my hand. You had difficulty having a baby and now you got children everywhere. You better pick up infertility's head and say who, do, who needs to be afraid? Who's walking around scared? I got the head of infertility. If you've been walking around here because somebody done broke up with you and now you're in the healed place, now you're freer than you've ever been, you better take that breakup and say, who's going through a breakup right now? I got his head in my hand. Can somebody open up your mouth and say, I'm a giant killer and I'm here to disturb the peace. Do I got anybody in the room to say I've been through the storm? And I've been through the flood And I've made it Over that mountain I've made it Over that valley I've made it Over that door I've made it And I'm here to testify That he's a heart fixer 
He's a mind regulator. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord God strong, strong in mind. the king of glory he's the lord god and he's mighty in a battle i said he's mighty in a fight so can i get some money who knows this king of glory to open up your mouth lift up your voice throw your head back throw your hands up and disturb the peace disturb the peace disturb the peace I dare you to shout until the room shake. I dare you to shout until sickness get off you. I dare you to shout until spiritual chains fall off. I dare you to shout until the giant's head is in your hand. Somebody open up your mouth and say, I am a, a giant killer. I am a, a giant killer. And I came to disturb the peace. Depression be disturbed. Anxiety be disturbed. Divorce be disturbed. Cancer be disturbed. Diabetes be disturbed. Somebody lift up your voice and bless the name of the Lord. Yes, 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 because I always win. I win, 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 no matter what. 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 Give me a father, I'm going to win. Take my father away, I'll still win. Give me help in my body, I win. But put a little sickness, I'm still gonna win. Cause I always, I always triumph. Somebody say yes, 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 yes. Open up your mouth and go cuckoo for Cocoa Puff.
of the Lord is in this place. your relationships but another way we disturb the peace is through our giving come on word overcomers through our giving there is a building that has to be built we no longer have a choice the city needs this building built this is no longer about names and this is no longer about who did what, but that, that, who built at this point. This is God's business. And God has determined that this church needs a building because there is a work that we have to do that we can't get done without the adequate space and resources. And so here's what I'm asking. I'm asking for you to ask the Lord, what would you have me to give in this moment? And then just obey whatever God puts on your heart. I need you to ask the Lord, if you do me a favor, I'm not going to give you no number. I just want you to say, Lord, is there anything that you want me to give into this moment? And this offering, I want you to sow a disturb the peace offering. That Lord, this offering, it's not the amount, it's the obedience. God ain't looking at who gave 100. This is ridiculous. It is about the obedience to something that God put on your heart. And hear me. If you don't have any desire to be a part of this or see this, man, I'm just glad you're here. I just, I just, I'm excited because I know that God deposited something in you. So this moment is not an arm twister. This is not a give or you're cursed. We're not doing that. This is a, I believe that God has an agenda and a plan for this city. And I don't want to see more liquor stores than I see churches. 
Come on, Trey. I don't want to see more McDonald's than I see churches. And so the enemy can poison us with everything that he wants and gets all the money he needs. But then when it comes to building something for God, we can get tight. And I understand because there's been abuse in churches. There's been manipulation in churches. And there have been people who made you holler for a dollar and all that craziness. So I totally get sometimes the, the skepticism of this moment. But I am just telling you, I'm not telling you what I think, I'm telling you what I know. I can know, I can testify that seeds that I've sown into this church, I'm reaping a harvest in my life today as a result of some things I sowed here. And so all the information is right there on the screen behind me. If you can just give, I'm going to pray a prayer, and then I'm going to turn this over to this thin, skinny-looking, handsome, European suit-wearing, ankle-showing. This is not the, this is not the Pastor Tyrus I, I knew. Flesh? That's not the Pastor Tyrus I knew. Ankles? There was a time that if I showed my ankles, you would have said, Pastor, we need to talk. Are you broke? You can't afford socks? I have socks for you. Pastor, open up your arms. I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to release socks into your life even now. But look at you now. Look at you now, PT. Look at what cycling can do for you. Come on. Look at somebody. Let's tell somebody what a cycle can do. My God. What a. Come on now. Praise God. PT, I love you so much. God, I want to pray for everyone giving in this moment. God, I ask for overflow. I ask for abundance. I ask that every person giving into this building that they would disturb the spiritual peace, that they would disturb the enemy's agenda in this city. This offering is to break something off of the spiritual atmosphere of Durham, the spiritual atmosphere of Raleigh and the surrounding cities. We believe that this seed sown is going to break a curse, break a cycle. We're disrupting what the enemy has in store. In Jesus' name we pray. I need everybody to say, I need everybody to say, Road Overcomers, I love you. I'm so honored that I got to be with you today. God bless you. I'll be back here. Y'all come holler at us in Charlotte. And uh, I'm just honored to serve you guys today. Y'all come on, let Pastor Brian hear your celebration before we begin moving out of the room. Let him hear you. Come on, let him hear you. What a powerful, powerful, powerful word. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Before you start moving, uh, please just allow the buckets to pass you, and then we'll all leave together, I promise. Just let the buckets pass you. Give us a minute. Let the buckets pass you. 7 o'clock this evening, I'm hoping that many of you will be able to join our senior pastor at the River Church here in Durham, North Carolina. They are in their new building. Let's go over there. Let's jam-pack their building out, and let's show our pastor how much we support him. So tonight, I'm asking as many of you that can, go with us, 7 o'clock tonight, over at the River Church. Where is the river? It's the River Church here in Durham, North Carolina. I don't have the address. I apologize for that. But we can make sure that we'll throw it up on our social media, and we'll kind of send an e-blast out right quick so that everyone can get the address to the River Church tonight with Bishop Ronald Godby. Thank you all so much for coming. Again, our first-time guests, make sure that you stop by the connection point on your way out so that we can share. We also have a revival wall out there. So if there are things that you're believing God for in 2024, I want you to get ahead of it. Start putting your prayer requests up now. Join that wall right, right on the wall. It's all there for you in the main lobby. Again, thank you to all our first-time guests for coming. Thank you for all our visitors that are here with us. Thank you for all of our homies that maybe belonged to this church before and came back to hear Pastor Brian. Thank you so much for coming to support today. We're glad to see you, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Let's sit on our feet. We're going to go home. Father, you have been wonderful. You are kind to us, and we just want to say thank you. Now, God, bless our senior pastor and our first lady. God, thank you for the great vision that they have, and thank you for the way that they're leading us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. God, we're asking now that as they take this time of refreshing and rest, that you would please revive in them. God, give our pastor a clear plan uh, for 2024 for us, the members of this church, those visiting, those online and in the room. God, we thank you for Pastor Brian and his family. We're asking now 
Please, God, restore all. Allow him to recover all that he gave us today. We thank you for it. We declare it done in the name of Jesus Christ. We all say together, amen. Hug somebody, love somebody. We'll see you next week. Be blessed. Ah, oh, we have the address for those of you who are asking. We have, thank you so much. It's 4425 Ben Franklin Boulevard. Again, that's 4425 Ben Franklin Boulevard. The River Church, Durham. 4425 Franklin Boulevard, Durham, North Carolina. We'll see you soon. Thank you all so much. We'll see you at 7, those of you who can make it. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.